but if you will go in your Bible to Revelation chapter 3, and we are certainly not going in uh, order of these letters. We're kind of bouncing around a little bit. I believe the Lord's given me uh, some direction on uh, which which way we should go through all of these. But if you go to Revelation chapter 3, we're going to start in verse number 14. And if you got it and you're ready, if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's Word this morning to give honor to it. Revelation chapter 3, the scary book, as some people call it. I know people that have admittedly said, I skipped this book because it scares me to death. I said, well, then maybe you really should read it because there's probably something in there you need to hear. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14, this is what it says. Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea, thus says the Amen the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, I have become wealthy and need nothing, and you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed, and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be zealous and repent. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, one more time I ask that you would just add your blessing and anointing to this word today that you would speak to our hearts and minds. Let us hear and receive, be transformed by it, and leave here differently than how we walked in. In your name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. How many has ever read this scripture before, and, and when you look at you are neither hot nor cold but lukewarm, we thought that cold was a bad thing. Anybody ever read this before and thought you're neither hot nor cold, and, but you are lukewarm and thought to yourself, well, cold is bad and lukewarm is bad, so the only option really is, is hot. The reality of it is, is when you really study this scripture, we learn that uh, actually hot and cold are good. It's the lukewarm that's bad. I mean, we're going to dive into this here in a little more detail and, and, uh, and all of that, but, but we need to understand something here is that what God is saying is cold is good, hot is good, but this church here in Laodicea is neither. And that's a problem. I, I, I don't want us to ever become a lukewarm church. I don't want us to ever be fence riders. I don't want us to ever become a church that sits right in the middle and goes in neither direction. Uh, do I have anybody here in here that also enjoys a, a cup of coffee? Do I have anybody that likes a really hot cup of coffee? Does anybody uh, a fan of like the iced coffees, the really cold coffees? Or like maybe you just like both of them. It just depends on the time of year, like me, or the mood that you're in. 
How many in here like a lukewarm coffee, a coffee that was hot or was cold, and it has just sat out, and now it's just this room temperature? Does anybody like that? One person likes that. And uh, I, I, I would say, I, I'll pray for you, because any time I drink a cup of coffee, and, and I found myself finding that to be the case more often now that we have a little one, and during the day I run daddy daycare, as I call it, uh, it's really just me and Eleanor during the day, but uh, you know she wakes up and I've I've got partway through my morning cup of coffee and I'm getting her around, getting her ready, and she wants breakfast. She needs change. She needs all of these things, and uh, you know she's running around and I'm like, okay, finally she's occupied. She's got her breakfast and all that. I'm gonna go finish my cup of coffee, and I pick it up. I take a sip and I and I just ugh. It sends shivers down my spine because it's not hot anymore, and it's not even ice cold. It's like this nasty room temperature to me. Now, if, if you like that, then I guess that, that's okay. But for me, I'm, I'm like, this is disgusting, and i got to pop that sucker right in the microwave and heat it back up. But the reality of it is, is God looks at the lukewarm church the same way. You see, lukewarm is not what we want to be. And we'll get to that here in a minute, but I want us to understand that it's good to be cold and it's good to be hot first. You see, on a hot, sunny summer day, has anybody ever worked outside when it's nice and hot and toasty out? And you're just worn out, you're tired, and then you, you come inside and you have yourself a nice cold iced tea. You have yourself a nice cold glass of water or a Coca-Cola or a root beer and the, the healthy, holy drinks that are cold, amen? And, or, or even you're somebody that after you're out there, you want to take a nice dip in a nice cold pool or a cold shower to, to cool down from being out on a hot day. That, that is such a refreshing feeling. When you are just worn out, you are burnt out, you are tired, you are exhausted, you're sweating, and all of a sudden, it's like you take this cold drink of water, this cold, this cold shower, a dip in the pool, a dip in the pond, wherever it is that you find this refuge, and all of a sudden, you feel just so refreshed and revived. Maybe you are somebody that enjoys exercising as and maybe you aren't, but maybe if you are, you understand this, that you have worn yourself out, you've run 37 miles, you've, you've lifted all these weights, you've, and you are just so exhausted, and you are sweating, you are pouring sweat, and all of a sudden you take that cold drink of water, and now you feel like you could run another 37 miles. Like, that, that cold water, that, that cold refreshingness that comes from that cold thing, it, it's almost energizing, it's energizing to the point where you feel like, hey, I can keep going. I don't have to, to stop. I, I can keep moving forward. Well, that's how God looks at a church that, that is cold. It's not, it's not the bad kind. There is a bad kind of cold. But in this context of the Scripture, he's talking about a church that is like a refreshing, uh, a people of God that is a refreshing, cool drink of water when, when you're hot and you're tired and you're worn down and, and you feel like you can't go any further. He's saying, I'm looking for a people to be a refreshing, cool iced tea to a world that is burnt out, that is worn down, that is exhausted, that is tired. I'm looking for a people that, that when people are worn out and they're exhausted and tired, they can walk into the doors of this church of Laodicea or here in Bucyrus and find a refreshing for their soul that they have been longing for, that they have been so beat up and worn out 
by the world. That, that is the desire of this Scripture, of this context that God is talking about. There is a bad kind of cold, but that's not this in this context. He wants us to be a refreshing drink of water. When you go to the restaurant and you are talking to your waitress who has a table over here that is being awful, they're, they're putting their own hair in the food to get a free meal, and they're, and they're complaining to the manager, and they've, the waitress has done nothing wrong, the waiter's done nothing wrong. I've witnessed that happen with my own eyes. And, and you come in, and the, the, now they're looking at, okay, great, what is this person's problem going to be? We should be the refreshing that they needed that day. If we see that happening, we should look at them and give them the encouragement. Call the manager over and say, that table over there is a bunch of liars. This person is doing an excellent job. We should be that to that person. When you're in the grocery store and you see somebody really struggling and they're, they, might even, they might even have the calculator out because they're counting the pennies to get their groceries and, and they, they're at the checkout line and they're taking stuff out of the cart because they just don't have enough to get it. You could be the cold, refreshing drink of water that they need, and you could maybe cover that extra $10 that they're short and say, God loves you today, and he wants you to be taken care of and provided for. There are so many ways that we as God's people could be this cool, refreshing drink of water for a people that is burnt out, worn down, and beat up. You don't know the kind of impact you could have for just, for just simple little things like that. But you see, there's a problem here in this church of Laodicea that they were not cool and refreshing for anybody. In fact, when God is giving this correction to this church, when he gives correction, when he teaches, he always talks to people in a context and in a way that they can understand. And what we can learn about this particular church is that nearby to Laodicea, there was the Lycus River. This river would normally and is supposed to be a, a cold, refreshing place on a hot day. However, this water had become really muddied. All the sediment, all the different waste and things that get pool, poured into this water uh, gets really muddy. And there's actually a scientific thing that happens. You can study this yourself. There's, there's this phenomenon that takes place called accelerated solar absorption. That's a lot to say. But basically what happens is it's like if you go outside on a hot day and you wear dark colors, the heat gets absorbed through that. The sun is absorbed into that much faster. Has anybody ever noticed that if you're wearing all black on a hot day as compared to really light colors, that there is a difference in your temperature? It is scientific, and it doesn't just apply to our clothing. It applies to bodies of water that have become muddied. You see, this was supposed to be a, a refreshing river where people could go and, and cool off on a hot day and find refreshment in. And he is comparing the, the church of Laodicea almost to this river where he's saying, you used to be cold, you're supposed to be cold, but you've allowed some muddiness to come in. And now there's been this accelerated solar absorption that has happened, and the temperature has risen up to a nasty, lukewarm temperature because the waters have been muddied that were supposed to be clear and refreshing. You see, nothing will muddy the water more than things like compromise and complacency. You see, we, we live in a world that doesn't even know what truth is anymore. 
because of the amount of complacency and compromise that is going on in the world. Nobody even understands what gender is anymore. And I don't say that in an angrily judgmental way. I say it from a place of heartbrokenness and understanding that these people are lost and they just need the guiding light to lead them into truth. We, we don't understand what love is anymore. And I'm not just talking about amongst the LGBTQ community. I'm talking about amongst the people that are fighting and hating each other all the time. I'm talking about we don't even know what reconciliation is. We don't know what forgiveness is. We don't know what these things are anymore. We, there's no understanding of what truth is, and it has muddied the waters to where nobody knows where up is. Nobody knows the right way to turn. Nobody knows the right way to go, and it has created this cloud of confusion. It has muddied the waters, if you will, to where now even within the church this is running rampant as there are pastors and leaders across this country standing up and they're affirming that whatever you want to do, you can do. And nobody even knows what the truth is within these churches anymore. And so they just show up. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever changes. They stay in their same miserable, sinful ways. And, and they stay lost and confused. And they become a lukewarm church because this lack of truth, this lack of clarity is gone. Or the lack of clarity exists. And, and the clarity that's supposed to be there is gone. And it's, the waters have become muddy because the churches have become complete and they have compromised on the truth and now nobody knows where to go because the water has become so muddy. And what has happened is the temperature has risen in a bad way. It hasn't risen to where you've just gone from being a cold, refreshing drink of water to where you're now warming to the soul that is cold. But what has happened is, is now you're somewhere in the middle because you don't, you don't lean on the side of truth. You see, I find this to be so true in our personal lives, too, that we compromise on so much. We will become complacent about so much in our lives and then wonder why our faith feels so dull. Why, why do we not feel the God moving in our spirit in, in a Sunday worship service? It's because Monday through Saturday you've compromised on so many other things that Scripture declares to be sin, and, and you've, you've tinkered with this and tinkered with that, perhaps. We've dabbled in things that we shouldn't have dabbled in, and the, the waters have been muddied. We'd allow, we have allowed belief systems to enter into our mind, and we have clung to these other teachings, these other truths, the truths, quotations, if you will, that have been presented to us that there is no such thing as one truth. It's whatever you believe is your truth and my truth. And it has come to a place where we don't know what's really right and what's really wrong because no matter what it is, somebody's going to disagree with us. And it creates this nasty confusion in our own lives, and we buy into it. And now all of a sudden, we don't really understand what's going on in our life and our faith anymore. And we, as individuals, become lukewarm believers. Are you all following with me this morning? Am I hurting anybody's feelings this morning? I was going to say, too bad. But the reality of it is, is our complacent and compromising attitudes lead to lukewarm faith. The waters get muddied. There's no clarity. And we become lukewarm, and God despises that. 
I think we we get lost in this in this idea that you know God is love and God loves everybody. That that is true, but He is also just and righteous. And while you still have breath in your lungs, there is opportunity to become cold and refreshing. But the reality of it is, is there will come a point in time where you no longer have that opportunity. And that day when it comes, according to this scripture, we will be vomited out of God's mouth if we are lukewarm. It makes him sick. See, we talked about cold is good, but hot is also good. Hot seems to be the obvious one because, you know, in in our culture uh, today, you know, if, if something is hot, if it is like we've got the what is it the 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 music industry has the top hot songs or the hottest of whatever and you got all these things and we always use hot as a way to describe the great the best thing so that one seems to be pretty obvious but the reality of it is just like you might like iced coffee on a hot day or you might like your ice cold tea on a hot day uh, when it flips around and it's uh, negative 30 degrees out as it was a couple weeks ago, and now all of a sudden we are in fake spring, but and we'll go right back into winter this week, but the reality of it is is when you have those negative 20-degree days, when your soul is cold and frigid, when life is just cold and you feel alone, and, and you're not, it's not that you're worn out and you're tired from life, it's that just everything is just so cold around you. You're surrounded by uh, the season of winter, and in the season of winter, what, what happens? Everything dies. The trees die, the, 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 the grass dies. It's just a season of cold. It's death. It's just bleak. It's cloudy. Things are just not good in that season. And if you've been outside and you've been in the snow, you've been out and it's dark at 4 o'clock and, and it's just cold and it, there's nothing that warms you up more and makes you feel better than a warm cup of hot chocolate or coffee or a hot bowl of chili or soup. There's a reason why those things are called comfort foods. Because they're hot, they, they warm your soul, they make you feel good. And, and, and when God talks about the, the hot side of this church, that's what he's describing. He's saying, you're neither cold and refreshing, nor hot and warming. You see, we have a responsibility as believers to not just be cold and refreshing, but when somebody is experiencing that that winter season of life when things are cold and bleak and dreary and th- there's a responsibility upon the believer and uh, upon the church to be a place where they can find themselves to be warmed up in their spirit. You see, again, interestingly enough, the church of Laodicea is also uh, located in a place where they actually have an aqueduct that runs through the city but it comes from a hot spring. The problem is, is the hot spring is over five miles from the city. So by the time it leaves the hot spring, travels down and into the city, guess what? It's not hot anymore. The water has gone from being hot and warming to now, again, just lukewarm as it runs through the city. Why? Because the, 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 the recipient is too far from the source. The people that need the hot spring are too far from the hot spring to experience the warming that comes from the hot spring. 
You see, we, we go from being hot, we go from, we go from being a hot, warming people of God, would we ourselves get too far from the source of that hot spring? When we get too far from the hot spring of Christ, when we get too far from Him, our soul becomes lukewarm. Our faith cools down to this lukewarm temperature. So whereas your cold and refreshing is distorted by the muddiness of compromise and complacency and just not caring and not taking responsibility from your faith, in the same way, we we become complacent and we compromise. And it's not so much that it's muddied. We know the truth. We we believe the truth. And we we, we might even talk the talk, but the problem is we don't walk the walk. and, And while we worship him with our mouth, our heart, heart is far from him. And we don't receive from the source that warming from the hot spring like we should. We don't experience the warmth that comes from being close to the source, Jesus himself. And therefore, we become lukewarm. And we can't provide the warmth. We can't be a place where where the cold soul can come and be warmed up and comforted in a, in a season of winter, in a season of cold and dreariness. You see, I wonder, I wonder sometimes, especially with this hot spring, you know, it's easy, it's so easy to point fingers at the cold becoming lukewarm because of the muddiness. You say, well, you just let the, the lies of the devil come in. Yeah, that, that's true, but with the warm I find us I find it so much so much uniqueness with this one. Because it's almost like the city of Laodicea is like we want the benefits of the hot spring. We really do. We want that water source, we want all of that, but it's gonna be really difficult for us to set up camp close to it. So we're gonna settle here where it's nice and convenient for us. It's easy to build, it's easy to set up camp. And you know what? We'll just whatever we get, we get. I hope you all are following with me on this. We, we will come into the house of God. We will sit in, in, in our faith and, and look at Scripture with this attitude. We'll look at our worship, our prayer life with this attitude. We'll look at all these things with this attitude and say, man, it's just, it's just too hard to get up there to the hot spring. It's just so hard to, to pray like I need to pray. It's so hard to read like I need to read. It's, it's so hard to come to the house of God to worship. It's just so difficult. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a place here, and I'm just going to make my camp here. I'm going to build myself here. I'm going to build my city here. I'm going to set up shop here. And just whatever I get, I'm just going to let that be enough. And what you're getting is a lukewarm faith that adds no real value to your life like it should. You see, God has intended for us to receive all that he has for us, but yet we will set up shop in a, in a place where we of convenience. We will set up shop in a place where it is easy, where we don't have to put in an effort, and we'll just take whatever we're given from that place. And you see, when when we really need the warming, all we're left with is the lukewarmness. When when life is cold and bleak, and we go to that that source that has flown to us, that is that has run down to us, and we we scoop 
out some water looking to be warmed, warmed and refreshed, all we find is disappointment. And what God is saying to the church of Laodicea, what he's saying to the church here in Bucyrus, and what he's saying to us as individual believers today, is he says, you need to come closer to the source. When you allow yourself to be separated that far, don't be surprised when your faith feels so unsatisfying, when your faith feels more like disappointment. Because when you are close to that hot spring, you can jump into it to warm up. You can drink from it to warm up. Uh, You've got everything you need to stay warm, no matter what darkness, no matter what cold season is around you. When you have that source of warmth in your life. And you see, we have a responsibility not just to experience that warmth in our life. That's a blessing for us. But God never has intended for what he blessed us with to stop with us. Yes, we're vessels, but we're not just any old vessel. We're, we're, we're designed to be poured into so that we can pour back out. And so that same warming that we feel in the cold season of life, we should be able to provide to those around us. Just like with the cold refreshing, you, you might be at in a restaurant, and I, I use this example because it is so common for to hear waitresses and waiters complain about Sundays because of how church people are. It's a sad reality. And, and I use this example because of that, and maybe this is an area that we can start with to see a change. But I'll use this example again. You're in there, and everybody's being okay with them. Nobody's treating them bad, but you can just see that their head's hanging kind of low. You can see that there's a weight on them. And if you can't, start praying for some discernment in your life. Or maybe just pay attention to something other than your phone and yourself. And start looking at the people around you and seeing what's going on. Because I, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own little bubble that we miss all the opportunity God has for us to minister his gospel. And this, this is a whole other rabbit trail that I'm really not wanting to go down today. But just look up at the world around you, and it's not going to take you long to find somebody who's in a, a winter season or even in the hot season needing a cold, refreshing drink. But in this case, you could see them, and you could just look at them and say, hey, you seem like something's bothering you. I don't want to pry into your business, but I, I just feel like you have a little bit of a heavy heart. Is that... Is, is, is everything okay? Would it be okay if I prayed with you today? Maybe instead of tipping 20% or whatever you normally do, maybe you add a little bit extra in there so that you can be a blessing to them. Maybe, maybe you spend some time with them and don't rush out of there to go on about your business. Maybe you invite them to church with you sometime. Say, hey, listen, I, I've, I understand what you're going through, but I also know a place where you can find some warming for your soul. Why won't you come to church with me sometime? Did you know that, like, I believe the statistic is something around 80% of people would go to church if they were invited? Just me talking to somebody on Facebook or putting out a post, hey, come join us in church, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody they know, a person they've met to come to them and say, hey, you know, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? 80% of people would say yes. 
but yet we're so afraid of the 20 that'll say no. But I digress. We need to be the warming. We need to be hot or cold because lukewarm is bad. Like we said earlier, lukewarm makes God sick. But the, the sad thing is, is like a lukewarm church and a lukewarm people doesn't even know they're lukewarm. They, they, they don't see themselves that way. Why? And, and he tells us in verse 17 of Revelation 3, he says, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. In other words, you have looked at your life and you said, because my possessions are good, I must be good. Because I don't really have a whole lot of need in my life, I must be okay. I don't need anything right now, so my faith must be good. I must be good with God. But the problem is, is we cannot measure our faith by what we have in our life. And just because you lack in that same statement, the, the flip side of that could be you could take that scripture and twist and say, well, I'm losing everything, my life's a mess, so I must be good with God. That might be true, but it also might be true that you are prospering and good with God as well. The, the problem is, is we measure our faith, we measure our relationship with God, we measure how close we are to the hot spring, we measure the muddiness of the water with the wrong things. We look at our possessions, we look at our circumstance, we look at all those things. And when our, if, if we are somebody who generally is in a prosperous season and things start going bad, we'll take that as, oh, we're far and I need to correct. If we are somebody who, who generally has a rough life and all of that, and we'll, we'll push and push and push, but we seem like nothing's ever happening. It, but, but the reality of it is whether you have or have not is not the defining factor of your relationship with God. And, but this is what the church of Laodicea has done. They said, well, we're prosperous. We don't have any need, so we must be good. And what has happened is they entered into complacency in their faith based on the possessions that they had. You see, if you are prosperous, that's even more reason to pursue him more and give thanks and glory to him. If you are in need, you should thank him for what you do have. And, that's, and then you should pursue him all the more. But really, the, the reality is, is whether we have or have not should not be the dictating factor of whether we love God or not, whether we come to church or not, whether we pray or not, whether we read his word or not. That should have nothing to do with it. It should simply be just because we love him. But this church has dictated their faith based on the circumstances of their life. You should pursue God and want to be close to Him because you love Him. The positive consequence of that is that you receive the warming, you receive the refreshing. But the, the purpose is not to pursue Him for those reasons. The purpose is that you just desire to love Him more. That's what he's really saying to this church. So how do we really know if we are in this category? How do we really judge whether or not, because we've just learned you can't look at your circumstances to judge your faith. 
We have to judge it the way God judges the church of Laodicea. And if you look back at the very beginning in verse 15, the first thing he says to them, I know your works. I know your works. In other words, by your works, by the things that you are doing in your life, by by the actions that you take, it's easy for me to look at you and see that you are lukewarm. He's not talking necessarily about the way they serve and the way they do things. He's saying the way you function as a believer, the way you live your life of faith, reveals to me as your creator the, the lack of cold and the lack of hot and shows me that you are just lukewarm. If we want to really gauge where our faith is at, listen, you are not saved by works, but your works reveal your faith. James teaches us that. We are, we are saved by faith, but our works show our faith. How we live our life as believers shows whether we really truly have that faith that we say we have or not. James says, I will show you my faith by my works. Not that works is faith, and we can't confuse the two, but the way he lives his life, the way he does life, the way he treats people, the way he prays, the way he reads his Bible, the way, the way that you read your Bible, the way that we come to church, the attitude that we have when we come to church, the attitude we have at the restaurant, at the grocery store, the, the way we interact every day, the way, the way we go to prayer, the way we commit and are faithful to God in all circumstances is what reveals the temperature that we run at. And there are people in your life, have you ever met somebody that, like, they feel like just their presence and being around them, they feel like they're just, it's almost like they are a cold, refreshing drink of water to be around. Like, when you're just dried out and you're worn out and you get around somebody, they know how to make you laugh and smile and you just feel really good on the inside and you feel refreshed. Does everybody know somebody like that? Does anybody also know somebody else that, like, they make you feel good, but in a different way? It's like something about being around them when life just seems kind of cold and bleak. They know how to add some warming to your soul. Just being around them and interacting with them, they carry a warmth with them that it's like, oh, man, I just need to go see so-and-so because I just feel so cold and bleak. And you know when you get around them that you're going to feel so much better. That, that is like evidence of their relationship with God a lot of times. There are people that God has gifted with that that don't have faith in him, but the reality of it is, is within the church, like when we come in, we should find what we need on either side of that. If we need the cold, refreshing, God has it. If we need the warming for our soul, God has it. And it is found in our faith and relationship with him. But we can really gauge where we fall on this spectrum by how we live our life. If, if we can look at our life and say, wow, I, I, am, I have been faithful in the scripture. I have been faithful in prayer. I, I'm really on fire. I feel like I'm in the right place. And we got to be honest about it. We got to really, truly be honest about where we fall in all of this when we evaluate this. If, if, we, if we are really trying to gauge this, it takes honesty and humility. 
And the good news is, is when we have this honesty and humility, we have room for repentance. You see, when we, Jesus tells us in verse 18, he says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich. In other words, gold refined by fire, it's essentially he's talking about righteousness. Refined by fire, all the impurities removed. White clothes so that you may be dressed. And so your shameful nakedness not be exposed. In other words, find forgiveness, find grace, walk in grace. An ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see healing, so that you can see the real truth. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be zealous and repent. In other words, he says, I tell you all of, this, all of these things. I, 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 I correct and I give the rebuke and I give the discipline because I love you as my people. He says, so be zealous and repent. In other words, don't wait. Don't fall back into that lukewarm trap. Because you see, when we come to this moment, I'm getting ready to close this morning, but when we come into this moment where we have the option to repent, the lukewarm thing to say is, oh, I could do that on my own time when I get home. And it never happens. The lukewarm thing to say is, I don't need to go to the altar. I can just pray right here in my seat. And, you know, if you physically can't come to the altar, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you just don't want to because you're worried that somebody might judge you. But if we're going to be real honest, what I've learned is most people are so worried about themselves that they aren't even thinking about you if you're up at the altar praying. And honestly, they, if anything, they probably admire the boldness. But... Let's just say they do judge. Who cares? If we let our faith be dictated by somebody else's opinion, then we are in for a very, very rude awakening. So he says, be zealous and repent. In other words, be passionate about faith and repent. Like, don't be worried about other opinions, other things. He said, get back to being passionate. It's almost like what he told the, the church at Ephesus is like, return to your first love. Do those first works over again. Start over. Start fresh. There's a lot of commands to repent in these letters. And the whole purpose of us going through this, God laid it on my heart. He said, bring my people and my church into alignment with these because we can find that within each and every one of us, there exists some element with among at least one of these churches in our life. And it's probably not the two that we talked about last week that he had no rebuke for. This isn't just for Laodicea, it's for us. For us to examine and see and take a thermometer and check our temperature and see if we are hot or cold. Will you bow your heads with me today?